Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this supplemental episode, we're going to discuss Sanjay Leela Bansali's highly anticipated epic, Padmavat, starring Deepika Padukone as a virtuous Rajput queen, Shahid Kapoor as her regal husband, and Ranveer Singh as the Delhi Sultan who wants to possess all that is beautiful in the world. Including Deepika Padukone. Well, yeah, ops. <laughs> Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome back, lovers. It's we, been, it's been uh, not a long time. No, it's been about a week. Yeah. We have seen Padmavat. Yes, it and was. And we are ready to talk about it. It was good. Uh, before we begin, I, we have a couple things to get out of the way, Matt. Sure. Um, first of all, I, I want to say something. We're number two this, on the uh, podcast charts? No, no. That is great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. New and noteworthy in India? Yeah. Well, we were we, we discussed being number three last week, and we were new and noteworthy last week, but as of recording this today, we've, we've climbed to number two. That's great. We're number two. We're number <laughs> thank two. Thank you so much to all of our listeners in India. Yes, no, thank you. What I want to say is I feel like this past week, there's been a lot of negativity. Um, I mean, just in general about the movie, just in general, but, uh, but I mean, this film has been at the center of, a a lot of controversy of which we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that it's out, it's, you know, causing a lot more kind of negativity that, that we're seeing online. And just in general, I just want to say, you know, if you haven't seen Paddington two, <laughs> go see Paddington two. It is completely devoid of cynicism. And, and I think has some really important stuff to say. Two, lot of, two, lot of, th- two things I want to repeat from Paddington 2, Matt. A, okay. a, another pad. Yeah, because we got Padman, Paddington, and Padmavat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we got we to gotta discuss the pad trifecta. Yeah. Uh, so in Paddington 2, Paddington has an aunt, Aunt Lucy, and she will be celebrating her 100th birthday. Aunt Lucy raised Paddington. Yeah. And a couple of important things that Paddington reiterates in Paddington 2 that his Aunt Lucy has told him. Yeah. One, look for the good in everyone. Aunt okay. Lucy says to look for the good in everyone, which I think includes looking for the good in yourself. But please, people, just look for the good in everyone. Okay. And if you are kind and polite, then the world will be right. And I think that is the, those are words to live by. I think mm-hmm. we could all use a little bit of Aunt Lucy's wisdom in these trying times. What was the second thing you were going to say? Th- th- those were two things. Oh, those are the two things. Got it. <laughs> yes. You said, I thought there was another non-Paddington related one. No, no, they're both related to Paddington. Okay. Oh, well, oh, no, I know what my second thing is. Sorry, Matt. Um, to follow up on, on our last episode on Joda Akbar and Ashok, where we were discussing epics, Matt and I put out a little bit of a Twitter poll on our Bollywood is for Lovers uh, Twitter feed, where we asked whether or not... There Will Be Blood counts as an epic, whether it qualifies as an epic. Uh, so we asked everyone to to weigh in. We got 47 votes, Matt. Yeah. The majority of people, 53% the, uh, of people. The majority. Okay. 53% of people yeah. voted no, Matt. It's not. <laughs> 50 per- one more person <laughs> voted against it. That's fair. That, that's a tighter race than I was expecting. Yes, it's an American epic. I really thought you were out to lunch and a bit crazy. I mean, I still think you might need to brush up on some of your genre theory, but I guess, you know, there's a good a 
good 20 plus people who agree with you. A goodly proportion of the population <laughs> is, uh, is alongside me. Yeah. Thank you, my comrades. So this is, you know, whether or not there will be blood is an epic, is a bit more of a debate than, than I thought it was. Yeah. And uh, one more follow-up from last episode. Bollywood Newbie chimed in with a pretty good name for your Mugabeism drink. She recommended a Karma with uh, cardamom and mango, Mm -hmm. which I immediately (laughs) turned into a joke about the movie Southland Tales, Yes, which Aaron adores. Yes, I do. I love that movie. Uh, so, so a fluid you, karma is yeah. not a bad name. Oh, it's a great name. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we're going to call the uh, the cardamom <clears throat> mango uh, gin and tonic the fluid karma. So yeah. I'm I'm happy if if other people as I make more drinks if if people have names please uh, tweet us. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, a new Bollywood podcast that launched this week, uh, the Movie Walla podcast. Yeah. Um, think about uh, talk about. Uh, um, great minds thinking alike. They were also talking about Mughaliasm um, mm-hmm. recently. Whereas, you know, we, we talked about it uh, about a year ago, I'd say, but we were talking about a prequel film for it. <laughs> yes. But they had a really good examination of Mughaliasm in their uh, debut episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Tanvi and Flo are two uh, Indian women living in America. Uh, who are going to be going through uh, their top ten quintessential Hindi films in the first season of the movie, the Movie Walla podcast? I am looking forward to uh, seeing what's going to be next on their list, and I really enjoyed their discussion of Magali Azam. Yeah, I listened to it in the Toronto Airport, and it was <laughs> um, very enjoyable. Yes. All right, so Padmavat. <laughs> what's left to say? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it finally released on January 25th, 2018. Um, now, we've already com- covered some of the controversy around this film. We're not going to repeat ourselves here, um, but we are going to say that, unfortunately, uh, leading up to the release and around the film's release, th- there were some acts of violence. Um, By a group which has now, upon having seen the film, said... Oh, yeah, this is actually fine. We're going to help you try and get it into these provinces that banned it. So, great, yeah. great work, gentlemen. Um, yeah, I, I hope it goes without saying, but I, I will remind everyone, you know, never resort to violence. Violence is not a way to, uh, to solve problems or express your anger. Um, so, so that is unfortunate, and I, I am... I'm looking forward to moving past all of this and, mm-hmm. and to just focusing on the film itself. Um, so already it is one of the highest grossing Indian films of all time. And it had the largest opening for a Bollywood film in North America ever. I think it's already grossed about $9 million US in North America. Pretty good. Is that Bahubali numbers? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I, I don't know if it surpassed Bahubali, because the other thing about Bahubali is that Bahubali had inflated ticket prices. I mean, this does too. I saw it in Toronto at Dundas Square at the IMAX 3D. That's not an inflated ticket price, though. It is compared to a regular movie ticket. It was about $25. Yes, but a Hollywood film that is being shown in IMAX 3D is still $25. I know. Whereas paying... American, as we've heard some of our colleagues in Chicago paid, uh, to see Bahubali to the conclusion on IMAX. That's inflated. No, but it was the only way to watch it, though. Yeah. It wasn't playing on any regular screens, is what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. So, you know, 
I wanted to see it, and that was the only way I could. Mm-hmm. I did not see it in 3D. I saw it on a regular 2D screen um, that was a regular size. Uh, I'd like to see it in IMAX, but 2D. It looked pretty great in IMAX 3D, but I think... That Dundas Square Theater is probably one of the more mm-hmm. technologically advanced. Yeah, that's a great theater. And the projection was immaculate. Because when you get a 3D movie, sometimes it looks bad because they don't have it set up right. Yeah. So it looked fantastic. Yeah. But I think, yeah, Bollywood films, though, generally, they have the same ticket prices as Hollywood films. Whereas with a lot of South Indian films, there are inflated ticket prices. So. Yeah. You know, that doesn't take away from how much money Bahubali has made, but I I think Padmavat has been seen by, by more people in North America. I was there on a Monday night, 7 o'clock show, probably mm-hmm. 400, 450 seat theater. Absolutely packed to the gills. Wow. And I mean, it's close to a three hour film. Yeah. So, you know, it seems to be doing quite well. I'm just looking up here what... um. Bahubali 2 made so we can compare because I believe Padmavat's at 9 million. Okay, so Bahubali 2, the conclusion, had a lifetime gross of 20 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Padmavat will surpass it. Wow. Good for it. Well, Padmavat's in its second week, and so I think, well, I could be wrong. Well. I don't know. I'm, uh, if anyone's ever played the, uh, the Fantasy Movie League, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> so I'm not actually very good at speculating on how much money movies will make. I bet Padmava was probably a pretty good buy this, this uh, month for that game. If they even included it. I think they did. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so Padmava was directed by Sanjay Leela Bansali, uh, a director that we've talked about many times on this show. At least three episodes that I can think of. Yes, we've discussed DevDos. We did yeah. an episode devoted to his films, and we've also done a discussion uh, on Bajra Mastani. Yeah. Uh, we've never discussed Sawaria or Ramlila. Yeah, and Sawaria is one of the hidden episodes mm-hmm. that will never see the light of day. And uh, his first film we've never seen, but we currently have it out of the library, so we're going to finally complete his filmography soon here. Mm-hmm. It stars Deepika Padukone, Shahid Kapoor, Ranveer Singh, Aditi Rao Hydri, and Jim Sard. It is based on the poem Padmavat, written by Malik Muhammad Jayasi in 1540. So it's said at the end of the 13th century, start of the 14th century, the main action takes place in about 1303 AD. So uh, Deepika Padukone plays Padmavati, who is a princess in the southern region of Sinhala. Mm-hmm. Which who, is now modern-day Sri Lanka. Yeah. And she... Lives a pretty idyllic lifestyle, um, hunting in the jungle, being a Buddhist. It looks very calm and peaceful. Um, while on a, out on a hunting expedition, she accidentally tags a man instead of a deer, and that man turns out to be um, Ratan Singh, the uh, last Rajput ruler of the Guhula dynasty, which is based in Chitor. Um, this very poetic line that, uh, you know, the arrow pierced his flesh, but also it got him in the heart, too. Mm. She, he falls in love with her. And, and he, he's there? He's there to pick up pearls for his first wife because he <laughs> gave away her necklace or something. He, he just divested himself of this necklace she liked. Yeah. 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 Um, they fall for each other. Um, she won't tell him her name originally. She says that every every leaf in the forest knows my name, which... It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool way of saying it. But eventually they get together and move back to Chitor where... Um, and marry. She, and they get married. And 
she has to kind of prove her ruling style and sort of approach to life to this uh, Brahmin named um, Raghav Chetan, who turns out to be kind of a traitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, in uh, Afghanistan, Alauddin Kilji, who, is the, who goes on to become the ruler of the Delhi Sultanate, is uh, kind of vying for the attentions of his uncle, whose daughter he wants to marry. And he's trying to, you know, win him some territory, beat the Mongols, do all kinds of stuff. And he eventually does. And Kilji is a man who wants to possess everything in the world. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of the judge from Blood Meridian. Mm. Uh, you never read that, but the judge is this... Um, As in myself, Aaron, has never read it. Yeah. Listeners might have Many read of it. you may have read it. <laughs> the, the judge is this uh, very tall, bald, um, weird, weird guy who loves to instigate violence. And his whole thing is that he likes to take draw pictures of something in his notebook, like a flower Mm. or a person, and then kind of burn it out of existence so that he's the only person who controls the image of that. Mm. And Kilji, I found the same way. He wants to own everything. And when he hears from the uh, traitorous Raghav Chetan that the most beautiful woman in the world, Padmavati, now lives in Chitor, allowed in Kilji, goes there to, you know, go after the siege there. Um, He... Refers to himself as Sikander, which is the um, eastern version of Alexander, the mm-hmm. um, Alexander the Great. He says he's the second coming of Sikander, and he also seems kind of decadent and ha- has decided to declare war for love because mm-hmm. he's won every other war he's been in, and there's no other. You know, all wars are stupid, so why not declare one for that reason? Mm-hmm. And what follows after that is a sort of series of battles, meetings, um, a lot of celebrations, <laughs> as he tries to get close to Padmavat. It's mostly it's mostly a siege. Yeah, it's the realization of the "on my way to steal your girl" meme. Yeah, and it culminates in a controversial ending, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, this this story is well known. Uh, Especially in Rajasthan, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to say what happens um, because it's hard to talk about this film without saying what happens. And also, it's not a huge spoiler. If you know anything about this movie, you already know what the ending is. Yeah. Because it's been so much a part of the story leading up to its actual release. Yeah, and again, this this poem from 1540 is is, is famous. It's apparently a real banger, this poem. Yeah. Uh, so it, it culminates in the the woman of Chitor led by Padmavati committing Johar, which is the act of um, mass self-immolation by women to avoid capture, enslavement, um, and or rape by foreign invaders. Different from Sati, the funeral custom where a woman would immolate herself on her husband's funeral pyre, yeah. but in the same spirit. Yeah. So, so some differences from the poem. I, I read through um, some articles on the poem as well as the kind of Wikipedia uh, summary. Um, so, you know, always take Wikipedia with a grain of salt. But from what I understand, um, the poem features talking birds, cool, <laughs> which uh, which we don't have in the film. So, 
Padmavati has a bird and her father makes her get rid of it. And it's the bird that flies to Ratansingh and tells him about Padmavati. And that's why he goes to Singhala. Interesting. Um, it also involves some help from deities. So I think it has a bit more in common with... Um, Epic poetry. Well, it certainly has, has some stuff in common with epic poetry, um, but the Iliad, you know, where yeah. where the deities actually do feature into the narrative to to help um, Ratan sing or screw with them, or screw with them, yeah. Um, Brahman Raghav Chetan's banishment uh, is different in the poem. In the poem, he is banished because he cheats at a contest. I'm still not entirely sure why he got banished. He was listening at the door while they were having their wedding night. Yeah, he's and trying to... He's just for being like a... He's a creeper. Yeah, just for being... Yeah, exactly. But I don't really know what his angle was. Because he's from, for being a peeping Tom. I guess. That was his whole thing. He was just... Yeah. Oh, i got to check yeah. this out. She's the most beautiful woman in the world, so... Yeah. Even, you know, an incorruptible Brahmin might be interested in checking her out. In the poem, Padmavati gives him uh, one of her bracelets to placate him. Mm-hmm. And then when he ends up in Kilji's court... She comments on the bracelet, and that's what he tells him about Padmavati. Hmm. Um, in the poem, Padmavati doesn't have as much of an active role as she does in the film. So there's uh, an in- incident in the middle of the film where Ratan Singh has been kidnapped, and Padmavati goes to to rescue him, and she goes herself. In the poem, she doesn't go herself. She has people dressed up as her. <laughs> this is the Canto Bite sequence of uh, The Last Jedi of the film. Because yeah. <laughs> it kind of takes a really long time and probably could be taken out without any consequence. Because we just hear, we just find out that Ratan Singh is kind of stupid mm-hmm. and easily led by his honor into a trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of other big differences, I think. In the poem, Ratan Singh isn't killed by Kilji but by King Devpal of Kumbhunar. And Padmavati and Nagamati, his first wife, commit Sati before the women commit Johar. I mean, that's just kind of... That's convoluted. I, I can see why they combine that into one, but... I do, too. It reminds me of how most modern adaptations of Romeo and Juliet have... Um, they, they take out the stuff where, where Romeo kills Paris in the tomb. Mm-hmm. And... They have kind of this overlap of Romeo and Juliet kind of... Dying at the same time. Dying at the same time, yeah. yes. Whereas in Shakespeare's play, you actually have this whole thing with Romeo dying. And then this whole... And when him, Juliet wakes up and then and she's then like, oh, Romeo this died, whole damn thing it. with Juliet, yeah. so... So we've finally been able to see the film mm-hmm. after all of this. After a year of build-up. Exactly. And, and now we have to ask the question, is it any good? Yes. I agree. That was pretty good. I yeah I that was quite really good. liked it. I think it's engaging. It's I mean it goes without saying it's beautiful to look out. Bansali always is. He is a master of light. Uh, the way he uses light is incredible. The costumes are lavish. His cinematography is absolutely beautiful. Something I noticed while watching it on on uh, IMAX, mm-hmm. this film is shot for widescreen. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, specifically Kilji riding around on his horse. When he's fighting the Mongols, his men run in there and turns into a dust cloud. Then it pulls way back. And yeah. he's just a tiny figure in the corner rushing against this dust cloud. And then this image is kind of reused later on where he's attacking Chitor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Yeah, he really plays with scope. Yeah. And, and I, I, I appreciate that. Like, he, 
he is playing to to the back of the theater, and you know he he's a master of his craft. Mm-hmm. There are I couldn't think of a lot of other um, films that I saw last year that really used the screen for widescreen like that. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. The music is fantastic. Yeah, um, as it usually is in Bansali films, especially the songs Gumar, Kalibali, and Binte Dil. Um, Kalibali especially is probably one of the best musical numbers I've seen in a Bollywood film. It's in a fun song. A long time. Yeah, um, very reminiscent of uh, the scene in Ramlila where mm-hmm. her mother gets shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but more of a masculine, um, angry, slapping sort of look to it. Now I've seen some, some mixed reactions from the performances here. Generally, everyone seems to agree that Ranveer Singh is at the top of his game. This is maybe one of his best performances. He's certainly acting the most. <laughs> I agree. And I love Ranveer Singh. He's one of my favorite actors working anywhere in the world. I think he's incredible. I think there are moments here when I think he's getting a bit too Nicolas Cagey. There were bits where him and Jim Saab are kind of yucking it up. Mm-hmm. When someone says something ridiculous to their face, and it's almost just like a small beat where they look at each other and then they just bust a gut. I felt like that could have been handled a little bit better. Like, we know that they're theatrically laughing just to annoy this person, yeah. but it didn't feel natural. Yeah, I think I think it's a bit too broad in places. I know this is going to shock some people because... Of all the things in this movie, Ranveer Singh's performance is probably the most praised. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think it always works. I liked it for the most part. I think he's great. But I just worry that it's a bit too big. Whereas I actually like Deepika Padukone's much more understated and reserved performance, which I think has left a lot of people cold. Yeah, um... There's a definite swing between the uh, girl living in the jungle, hunting and kind of acting like an elf, basically, mm-hmm. having this wonderful lifestyle, to becoming the living goddess yeah. of Rajput. And that's a tough act for anyone to follow. Her dignity, though, and her strength, especially in the controversial scene we will discuss, I think she carries herself with so much poise, but also inner fierceness mm-hmm. you know like you are aware that she is a duck and it's all you know she seems placid and smooth on the surface but underneath she's paddling furiously i was wondering where you were going with that oh you've never heard that expression before no oh okay <laughs> yeah i mean you never get a sense that she is worried scared she's imperious throughout mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of depth to her performance I, I don't disagree that maybe Shahid Kapoor is a little flat here, especially compared to some of his other performances, but man, does he look good. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough room in any movie for him to be going as big as Sarah Ranveer and Deepika. Right. Like, that would be too much. Someone's got to be the straight man in this. Yeah. And he's a little boring, but also I think this is indicative of sort of the unimaginative uh, approach to honor and respect that he embodies. Mm. He is purely honorable all the time. Right. He's basically 
like a samurai who just sticks to his code of ethics, doesn't have a thought in his head in his, apart from that. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just there for that reason. But it's for everyone else to play off of. And while it, it does make him a very interesting character, it it is important for the story in yeah. that sense. I'm thrilled to see Jim Sarb making such a huge splash in this film. He was great. I think, funnily enough, he probably has the highest body count of anyone in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He is a slave that uh, Jalaluddin Kilji, who is Aladdin's uh, uncle, who he eventually usurps, mm-hmm. um, he, he, he gets bought by the former uh, sultan, and him and... Uh, his master have an interesting relationship. There's, there's definitely some sexual tension there, and that song, uh, "Been to Dill," is very much a man singing about his love for another man yeah. through the guise of "Your wife is over here in the bedroom." Blah blah blah. It verges on not being subtle. I don't think it's coded at all. At all, I think I think it's very clear that Jim Sarb is playing a queer character, and Ranveer's character <laughs> is. Sort of into it, yeah. I would say. The, definitely that one scene in the bathtub. He's, <laughs> you know, he's arching his back. He's having a good time. Yeah. But it it treads the line of what you would ever see in a film of this scale. Mm-hmm. And and I think, I think it works, and I appreciate it. Though there are some larger questions about whether or not it's problematic that our queer characters are coded as evil they're they're the antagonists they're they're shown to be awful (laughs) they do terrible things um this movie uh leveling a charge of orientalism against this movie right is easy to do i think you know there was some discussion before it came out as to you know he's eating meat off the bone, he's wearing mud all over his face. Yeah. He has these big beards. He's scary. You know, he's is Ranveer Singh's character he's kind a of a brute. barbarian. He, I don't think he's a brute. I think yeah. that he is someone. He's a gourmand of life. He mm. just wants everything all of the time. His insatiable appetite. So Kilji is rapacious. Mm. He wants to take everything. He wants to experience everything. Like the judge, he wants to be the only person that can contain things. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that subtextually bothers people is that he's not ashamed of this at all. Mm. You might have a movie about someone who's a conquering hero, but they occasionally will think on the loss of life that has incurred. Mm -hmm. Or, you know having to leave their home or something like that. Whereas Kilji is just completely on board the whole time. Right. I, I've i seen a few uh, comparisons to uh, Jack Sparrow, and I, I can kind of see it. Again, this is... I I love Ramveer Singh. I would never call this performance bad. It's broad. But, yeah. But, yeah, the Orientalism claims... I mean, his court has, you know gay people in it, which has been historically coded as evil, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It has um, him acting like a barbarian. And I was wondering watching, like, is it going to be that he's the exception and the rest of the people in his court are fine? But no, there's backstabbing, treacherous uh, courtiers, that kind of thing. The so it's mu- a little bit regressive on that front. Yeah, the only Muslim character who's redeemable is his wife, Aditi Rao Hydri. Uh, who who gets her moment, but overall is... 
regulated to the sidelines for most of the film. Yeah, but I think there is a certain amount of enjoyment in watching this um, big swing and dick moments of, you know, Ranveer doing what he wants to do and not being ashamed of it. My favorite um, mention of this is, A, Jim Sarb eating pearls, I think. <laughs> they were definitely throwing pearls at this princess they captured. And, yeah, I think Sarb was eating them as well. But uh, the way that uh, Kilji puts his perfume on is to put a bunch of perfume on a concubine mm-hmm. and then just smear her all over himself and then throw her across the room. <laughs> that like, has a very striking visual image. It's an extremely striking visual image, but... I think it's supposed to be funny. Like, we're supposed yeah. to think he's a buffoon, right? I, I think so. Because, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Hi, folks. Matt here from Bollywood is for Lovers with a couple of messages from our sponsors. On this month's episode of the Well Endowed podcast, they geek out on black history with Minister Faust as he looks at the 26th annual Afro Quiz. They sit down with Darren Jordan and Nigel Williams to talk about five artists, one love, which is celebrating the history of black music and visual art as part of Black History Month. And they check in with our friends at the Edmonton Shift Lab for an update on the work they're doing to rethink the way society combats racism. For more information on the Well Endowed Podcast, part of the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. As I'll mention later on in this episode, to my mind what makes a work of art important is if it can stand up to numerous interpretations. Viewed through a number of different lenses, art can act as a gateway to new thoughts and realizations, but oftentimes the approach to enlightenment can be somewhat tricky at first. On I Don't Get It, hosts Paul Blinov and Fonda Mithrush offer their critical perspectives on new works being performed in Edmonton and beyond. Whether they're checking out dance, theater, film, or any other work they come across, Paul and Fonda do a great job at helping their listeners develop their own critical frameworks and begin to appreciate the vast networks of artistic talent here in Edmonton. Check out I Don't Get It at idontgetityeg.com. For more information on the other shows in the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So the ending, Matt. Now I want to say, you know, these these are just our opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, we come at it from our our own biases and our own perspectives. You know, we and are... without a lot of the, you know, cultural knowledge mm-hmm. that one would have from living in yeah. India. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Mm-hmm. No one is right or wrong about how they feel about a movie. Or how a movie made them feel. Exactly. And we respect everyone's opinions. So we're going to talk about some other people's opinions uh, in a little bit here. But I, but I just I want to make that very clear because... This movie has been a touch point. It has. It has. And I think it's, it's brought some very important discussions to the surface but not always in the most civil way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, what did you think of the ending? I think the ending is quite powerful and very moving. Mm-hmm. I I read it as borderline feminist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it is predicated on solidarity. These women come together and they, they support one another because, you know, they're committing Johar in part because they're supporting Padmavati because this selfish man felt entitled to her. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't get any of them. I I thought it was striking and moving, and I just thought, wow, you know, these, these women are so committed to one another and, and so committed to not... Um, 
giving, giving entitled men what they want, that they will sacrifice themselves. I, I was, I was moved to tears. Um, and I thought it was quite effective, but I, I, I do respect that, uh, that not everyone feels the same way. Like me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the feeling I had in the pit of my stomach upon watching the end of the film was similar to the end of Dr. Strangelove. Okay. Where, you know, after the course of that movie, you don't want them to drop the bomb, don't want it to drop the bomb. Slim Pickens is riding on the bomb mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, and you know that this is the apocalyptic end scenario. No one wanted this to happen, mm-hmm. but it did anyway. Yeah. And the end of the film is giving a definitive resolution to the events, but not the good one. Mm-hmm. Like, this is in no way a victory. This is, right. you know, this is the best of a bad circumstance. But I felt, I don't know, like, I was kind of identifying with Kilji at this point. Because, mm. you know, he's gone through all this effort. He's an asshole, granted. Yeah. But I think that even he thinks that this is awful. Yeah. Right? Like, he makes it to the door and he starts getting red hot coals thrown at him. Mm-hmm. And I think he realizes what they're up to. I didn't get the sense that he was angry that things were being taken from him. It The movie was moving too fast at this point to mm. really get a beat on it. Because he's kind of getting locked off in different rooms of the castle and trying to run his way over to get to the next room to mm-hmm. catch Pudmopity, basically. But, I don't know, maybe it was just me thinking, this is awful, I don't want this to happen, and maybe I was transmitting this emotion to him. So as uh, Sal Salam noted in her uh, piece, the rousing, troubling spectacle of Padmavant, the doors close in his face, just like Dev Das at the end of his film. Mm-hmm. And we're left with the gaping emptiness. I mean, in Dev Das, you want him and uh, Paro to get together. In this, you don't want them to get no. together. But you also don't want all the women in the city to set themselves on fire. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's got to be an all-time downer ending, even though it is also women taking the last step against the patriarchy Mm -hmm. by immolating themselves. It's not a happy ending, but you could see a kind of a grim determination. Yeah. And I, I think, I think both of our readings, you know, kind of are, are there side by side, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I think you can, a a work of art can stand up to multiple interpretations. That's what makes it good. If it, if it can't stand up to more than one, then it's not good. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally, Totally see what you're talking about, and I, I certainly think that sentiment is there. Do you think again, I was projecting I, onto Kilji though? That even he thinks that this is bad, e- even just for the carnal desire of wanting to steal Padmavati? I don't. I don't think you're pro- projecting on him. Because no. he, he, he's not saying anything like, oh no, my prize is going into the fire. He's just running because he. I think he. At is, this point, he's just pure mis- animal at this point. Yeah, and I think he is just as shocked as, 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 as we are. Yeah. You know? Had I not known what was going to happen, mm-hmm. this would have been an all-timer ending. Right. Right? If this had been a surprise to people who hadn't read the poem, who weren't steeped in the, the lore of the story, you know, were as, to be as surprised as Kilji in that moment. Mm-hmm. To provide some other interpretations, uh, the Bollywood actress Swara Baskar wrote an open letter to Sanjay Leela Bansali in The Wire which is titled, At the End of Your Magnum Opus, I Felt Reduced to a Vagina Only. Uh, we're going to leave that in the show notes for those who would like to read it. Uh, while I don't personally share the same opinion of Baskar, I think it's important to listen to what she has to say. Mm-hmm. 
And I respect that she has come out and said it, that she has, you know, discussed how she personally feels about the film. Uh, it's definitely she... not a huge stretch to think that, you know, all the women in the in yeah. in the movie are sort of pawns in a game between men and, you know, their libidos. Mm-hmm. I totally get where she's coming from on that, too. Me, too. And she and many other uh, critics have, have commented about how they feel this film glorifies the act of Johar, which, you know, I can't disagree with them. We're going back to Truffaut again, folks. You can't make an anti-war movie... Because war is inherently interesting. And to have this ending to a story... Yeah. I mean, unless they were going to do it in a completely horror movie, people screaming way, you know, if it's to match the rest of the film, it's going to look heroic. Because that's just how he frames films. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's supposed to unsettle you. It certainly unsettled me. Mm -hmm. So some other pieces worth checking out. Uh, Suchin Mehotra... Over at Magic of Bollywood, friend of the show and a future guest, mm-hmm. uh, calls it underwhelming and lifeless in his review. Kathy Gibson of Access Bollywood gives it two out of four stars. She also appears on the split screen podcast review of the film with Shasha Heed. Simon Abrams of uh, RogerEbert.com gives it three stars out of four. And this is a strange review. I, I encourage people to check it out because he really seems to be fighting with himself about what he thinks of the film. So while he gives it a, a positive review, he also calls it as ideologically extreme as the birth of the, a nation and the passion of the Christ and thinks the ending is a blatant provocation. I mean, I agree. Yep. <laughs> it, if, if we're to take that as being purely heroic... It would be on the level of a birth of a nation or yeah. passion of the Christ. I think there's more going on there. You know, it's it's debatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, another friend of the show, Manish Mathur, uh, has a review over at Talk Film Society. And this caps off his uh, series on Sanjay Leela Bansali's filmography. Which has been great. It's Oh, it's excellent. Well worth um, reading through all of those articles. Um, and, and he quite likes Padmabhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Siddhant at Larka. Calls it a masterpiece in his uh, review for The Village Voice, which mm-hmm. very well written. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a good one. And Amrita Rajan at Medium, who she's uh, connected to the You Podcasting Kandan podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she calls it a failure of male imagination. And I do want to bring a line from her piece to the fore, which I quite enjoyed. Okay. And I, agree, I, I also quite um, agreed with. So she says, there is a story here about a woman who was better than her time in history allowed her to be. The tragic tale of a brave and clever woman who is pinned in the restrictive mold of a goddess because the people around her, especially her husband, had eyes too small to appreciate her as a fully realized human being. I really like that. I think if this was a different sort of movie, one that examined um, people more internally, mm-hmm. i.e. I. not a Bonsali film. <laughs> yeah. If it was more of an internal film like Lady Macbeth or something, which mm-hmm. is all about the internal female psyche, you know, forced into a situation they don't like and how they cope with things. I think that would make a lot of sense. It actually reminds me of uh, Joda Akbar as well, mm. where we have uh, Ashwara Rai's character who we can, we've seen, capable uh, sword fighter, good with diplomacy, all kinds of stuff. 
when she gets married, she doesn't actually get a chance to use any of those. Mm-hmm. Same with the Padmavati. She doesn't even get to shoot an arrow at anybody, and they're shooting arrows at those guys all the time. She gets to save her husband. She saves her <laughs> husband, yes. Um, and she uses you know her wiles, but it also is framed as a glorious sacrifice by all the Rajput men who brought her there and yeah. fought off the... Uh, um, Kilji's guys for them to get away. So it's still part of that male sacrifice narrative. Yeah, and there's also a lot of scenes where she tells Shahid Kapoor, you know, that he's walking right into a trap and he's an idiot and he just completely ignores her advice. Well, that plays into my take on it. <laughs> okay. So I don't think I've seen anyone out of all of these pieces I've read mm-hmm. go at it from a Marxist point of view. Okay. So, we're told at least two or three times that we are dealing with the games of nobles. Mm-hmm. Padmavati, upon getting married, plays a game of Gumar, which is a lovely dance, some of which involves keeping a flame on your undulating figure mm-hmm. fingers. Like in Deptos. Yes. Later on, they play a game of Holy, which is something that rich and poor alike enjoy mm-hmm. but in films we're usually following the rich people and for a bansali film yeah usually the rich people yeah and um in the scene that made me think about this the most when they declare a temporary ceasefire and kilji is able to enter chatur he plays chess mm. with his antagonist with rat and sing there's and- also the the wrestling scene is not not also a game it's a game, and this whole dick-waving competition between Aloud and Kilji and Rat and Singh. Think about the people involved. Mm. Padmavati convinces the all of the women in Chatur to kill themselves alongside her, even though they might have tried to escape. There's a bold hole out of Kilji's palace. There's probably one out of Chatur, too. Um, something that uh, Amrita Rajan brought up as well is that we're to feel really sorry for all these women who killed themselves, but where's all the boys? Mm-hmm. Where did they go? Are they all on the battlefield? This was not really elucidated on. But if if there was child soldiers in there too, then we have a bit more tragedy. And uh, with Kilji, he parks his army outside of uh, uh, the palace, and his men start to revolt after a while because mm. they're there purely on a war for love. In quotes, um, they're starving. They're in the middle of a desert. He has to start this uh, this wrestling tournament to get them involved. And one of the uh, one of the scenes of the film I really like the most is when he's telling this speech about how Kilji's never give up. Kilji's will do this, and he starts to throw the uh, the Kilji flag at the ground, and his men rush up to catch it. He's dangling their freedom in front of them mm. for this dick waving competition between two men. Meanwhile, thousands of people are dying. For almost no reason whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So I don't take the lives of these nobles as seriously as Bansali wants me to. I think it's a tragedy altogether. Mm -hmm. And many, many, many people died for no reason. Mm. There we go. The Marxist critique. The Marxist critique. I think it's very clear that this film holds up to multiple interpretations and is divisive. I'm... Well, overall, I like the film. I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's as good as his previous films, his two previous films, both starring Topeka Padukone and Rambir Singh, which are Ram Leela and Bajra Mastani. The central romances in those 
are have a lot more verve. Yeah. Where would you rank this kind of within Ben Zali's filmography? Okay, keeping in mind we haven't seen Kimoshi. Yeah. I would say this is mid-tier Bonsali. Exactly. But considering I that he is one of the most technically proficient directors working in the entire world, mm-hmm. that makes it an event. Exactly. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit at odds with myself about this film, but I do really like it. And I admit the ending worked for me. It, it, was, it was moving and tragic and, yeah, it's, and, it's, and beautiful. It's, it's horrifying. <laughs> it, and horrifying. It's, it's, it's beautiful and horrifying at the same time. Yeah, and I think he balances those, those kind of disparate poles. So, you know, I don't know if it, I, you know, I, I don't know if he entirely sticks to landing. I think focusing so much on these simple minded nobles mm. who are driven by Rajput duty, one's enraging desire to want to steal everything and stand by your man, <laughs> you know, they have such simple goals and simple, um, approaches to their existence Mm -hmm. that maybe the story that erupts around them is not as intricate as it could be Mm -hmm. but yeah and we should say that uh this is based on a historical event kilji did lay siege to chitor um but it was to expand his army the character of padmagati is most likely fiction Mm -hmm. all right that's why it's hard to ascribe motives yeah even if it was a real person who lived 200 years ago, we might have more coming back. Instead, we have Helen of Troy. 200, far more than 200 years ago. 800 years yeah. ago. You know, it as a person 800 years ago, we do know a few things about some people back then, but yeah, things are lost to time. Especially ha- the lives of women. Yeah, especially the lives of women, which don't get talked about yeah. that often. But yeah, she has about the same amount of characterization as someone like Helen of Troy, mm-hmm. who also may have existed. Not likely, though. Not likely. But we know a war happened, mm-hmm. and as such, a story sprung from it. Exactly. So, I I recommend people go see this film in theaters. It's an event. Like I said, you might enjoy it, you might not, but it's an event, and I think then you can form an opinion for for yourself. Bonsali is a premier world filmmaker. Yeah. He sh- his film should be viewed on the same level as Wong Kar Wai, Bong Joon-ho. Oh, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho hasn't delivered lately. But, but like, <laughs> Sorry. it should be part of the the critical domain. Like, every time he has a movie come out, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually coming with a little controversy, but it should be an event on the level of world directors. Scorsese. Yeah. You know, it should be that level of a film happening. Haneke. Haneke. Yeah. You know, I would like to see him in that conversation more. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's the one in Hindi cinema who seems to be able to, you know have the same level of quality every time out regardless of one's emotional engagement with the story or maybe a more um a more appropriate comparison would be nolan yeah 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 technically brilliant but potentially not the deepest characterization yeah yeah Yeah. for sure all right matt that brings us to the end of this supplemental we will be back in a week uh for our valentine's day special now it's been a busy couple weeks for us. Uh, we got out an extra episode. Uh, also, we have a, a wedding coming up. so Not ours. Not ours, yeah. So we don't have a lot of time on our hands. So we're just going to discuss one film for our Valentine's Day special, but it's a big one. Mm-hmm. It is the classic Hum Apke Hain Kun uh, with Salman Khan and Madhuri Dixit.
Mm-hmm. I am really looking forward to this. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out at bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com or at Audioboom, our preferred podcasting platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at BollywoodPod. I'm there too at Matt underscore B O W E S. I am there at Erin E. Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. If you are a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review and star rating on iTunes. Uh, if you're not a fan of the show, that's fine. You don't need to leave us a reviews or a review. <laughs> in and fact, you don't need we, to listen. <laughs> in fact, we encourage you not to listen. Um, but yeah, if, if you, uh, if you like what we are doing, that really helps, uh, new listeners find the show and, and gives us that kind of word of mouth appeal. Much like Aloud and Kilji, we <laughs> wish to spread out across the, the landscape. Uh, while you're over at iTunes, you can subscribe to my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. We're going to be recording an episode in a couple days on uh, movies about men who shrink down to very small sizes. So uh, if you hate kind of the big egos of <laughs> men in uh, in Padmavat, you can listen to movies about tiny, tiny men. We're tiny, tiny men. Talking about downsizing and The Incredible Shrinking Man, uh, a great 50s science fiction film. Yeah. You can also check us out on Facebook. Just plop in Bollywood is for Lovers there. And selected episodes are aired on G Radio. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you in a week.